Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We bought another property further down in Bathurst. And I said, you know what? This time... I'm going to apply all the strategies. I'll buy a property, I will renovate it, and then I'll convert into a cash cow. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyron Shum, and in this episode, we're speaking with property buyers agent Sanjit Saar. We delve into his background and where his journey started in his homeland of India, why he wanted to move from his first career in engineering into the property world, hear some amazing stories about the first properties that he bought and much, much more. We dive right in and Saar walks us through a detailed account of what he does on a typical day. So generally, I wake up around 5.30 or 6 o'clock um, and uh, first thing is I go to my treadmill and there I'll run for say 20 to 30 minutes and then have my tea and um, then I go and check my emails uh, and, and, and prioritize my day that okay, what are my top priorities for the day and that's where I quickly see what's on and on because once the day starts and you're pretty much full on and it just continues, right? Uh, and then I get ready around 8.30, uh, me, my wife and my four-year daughter will have a breakfast together. Um, so, so we daily, that's, that's daily, I think pretty much we might miss one or two days in a month, but pretty much we'll have breakfast <laughs> daily together. And, uh, and then, yeah, uh, I think my daughter childcare is pretty much two minutes walk from where we live, our house. And uh, my wife will drop or sometimes I drop. Uh, so my daughter chooses who, who's going to drop her and uh, <laughs> luckily my wife works from home actually so so it's, it's very flexible um, so and then yeah generally uh, I'm then uh, look at my emails and then start the work where I'm either researching the property for my clients or I'm talking to my clients or talking to the agents and and, and, and negotiating the deals and uh, and then yeah I think as towards the end of the day in between, again, I'm like uh, taking a bit of a break also, uh, doing my maybe some reading or something like that, or, or just um, going for some uh, personal meetings or something like that, talking to my team. And uh, then, yeah, I think then again in the evening, I might talk to a couple of people because once they're back to work, then I might have a couple of calls uh, and then pretty much around 9, 10 o'clock, I'm back to bed. And you mentioned your wife works from home too. What does she do? So she she is with Westpac and uh, she's a, a senior risk analyst. Uh, and uh, she's with uh, Westpac for the last five years. But now last one year, I think she has got an opportunity to work from home. 
uh, and like she goes to to office, but maybe once or twice in a month just for the uh, team meeting or something like that. But generally, it's it's like yeah, and her office is not far; it's like half an hour from where we live. So it's not that bad, but it's still there. There's a good opportunity to work from home. The importance of family for Saar is fundamental, allowing him to have the flexibility to pursue a career path he really enjoys. That was the the driving force of uh, taking all my actions, because uh, uh, you know, like I was in an IT job from last close to 15 years before I get into property full time, and that was my driving force. So I think uh, we'll talk about that. So yeah, I think, uh, and that's that's where uh, it helped me to push really to go hard in the property world and and build the portfolio and the passive income so that one day I can quit the job and really spend the time with my my kids. I mean, currently I've got one daughter. Uh, I spend time with wife or like my my parents are back in India overseas, right? So I think time is the biggest asset because when parents are growing old, they don't need your money, right? It's mostly that your time. And once we are time poor, then we can't give any any anyone anything right. And that was my top priority, which was non-negotiable. And I think that's where it really pushed me to get a lot of education in the property world and uh, and just go crazy about that without having any fear, uh, which is part of the life, right? Even I had the fear, but then when you have really a strong why and bigger goals, then you don't hear the ninety percent of the population saying, you know what? You're gonna fail and all those things because you know that that's gonna be part of the process. But you're always looking at your other side, which is your goals. We delve into his background and learn more about what made him become the person he is today. So uh, I come from India. I grew in a city called Ranchi. It's the capital of one of the states back in India called Jharkhand. Dhoni, who is a famous cricket player. Uh, uh, he comes from my city, so a lot of people know Ranchi from his name, Dhoni, this man Singh Dhoni. So uh, I grew up there, I studied, I did uh, good schooling uh, in a private schooling and all those things, uh, and until class 12. Uh, after that, I think uh, I went to another side of India, which is on the south side, for my higher education to do my uh, engineering computer science. So that was another four years there. And um, pretty much after that, I think uh, I got in an IT job because I did engineering and computer science. So I think uh, that time, I think it was interesting that uh, IT was moving and I was not sure what to do. And like, I, I was good in maths and science, but then in India, you are like, you're either a doctor or you're an accountant or an engineer. It's very, especially when I was growing that time. And that's where I choose IT even I was not knowing what it is, right? But then, oh, there's a lot of opportunities coming in the IT world. Even I had, I have, I had a cousin who, who did engineering and moved to US. So I think, as oh, it's, it's a good opportunity to maybe get into a good job. It was a good salary and you might go overseas. So those things, uh, and then uh, did engineering, got a good job. So, and uh, I worked only for two and a half years in India. And sooner, I think, uh, from the, uh, from my company, I got the opportunity to come to Melbourne actually. So they sent me to Melbourne on a work visa saying, oh, we have a project for six months. Uh, I was a Java developer that time. And uh, and uh, I come to Melbourne, I was working with Census, uh, which is which was part of the Telstra that time. Um, and um, yeah, so we were building a website 
on e-commerce similar to eBay. Uh, and that's what uh, six months become two and a half years. And I was pretty much absorbed in the local market. And post that, I got a local job also uh, with uh, Capgemini. So I think um, a lot of our leadership team from last company, which was Satyam, they moved to Capgemini. And then they say, oh, Sanjeev, you want to join the company? And it was a good opportunity for me because uh, from 457, I was getting a local 457 again that time. That's the visa, right? That is the visa, yes. So that's our work visa that time. Uh, and um, that, that's where uh, I got um, a job uh, locally here in Australia. And um, in the, this was back in end of 2009. Uh, and I moved to Sydney. And that, that time itself, I got married also. 2010, my wife joined me <laughs> in Sydney. And from the, the 2010, I'm pretty much in Sydney. Saar talks to us about the story of how he met his wife and the whole process of how that came about. One of my mentors, he, he introduces me in his events when sometimes I get opportunity to talk about it and uh, people laugh and then this is interesting you asking. So um, I was in um, Australia, right? What happened is um, my parents were looking for, because in here we have a different culture, right? When you get time to marry, they say, oh, I would look for a bride for you and all those things. And I said, okay, you also look and I will also help you guys, right? <laughs> so given I was like overseas, right, in Australia, so they say, you know what? You're not getting married to anyone, either an Indian also not in Australia. <laughs> it has to be a... <laughs> it's, it's their mindset, right? Because the thing... Because, of course, they have never been to overseas or anything, right? So they think overseas as a different foreign world. It is foreign country, right? But as a foreign world too. And they say, you know what, we're gonna... So, so I said, okay, to keep my parents happy. And I was not in a relationship anyways, right? So I said, okay, I'll make sure that when, wherever I'm finding. So we have in India something matrimonial websites. So you register with them. And uh, that's where I started looking um, and talking to a couple of people also. And that's where uh, I found my wife too. So we started chatting, having phone conversations and all. And then I said, okay, you know what? Before, if we get to want to marry, then my parents have to, both the parties has to meet. They have to see that we are, family-wise, we are okay. And that's where, uh, luckily, uh, everything was okay. And then we uh, got married. And that's where my wife joined me in Australia. That's an amazing story. Wow, I love that. And then from there, obviously, you guys came to Sydney. Um, how did that all happen? Because you said you're in Melbourne, working in Melbourne with Census, and then you moved into another company. Was that company specifically in Sydney? And that's why you moved to Sydney? They're like a, a French company. It's a huge, um, a very big uh, consulting firm. It's called Capgemini. So they're everywhere. But then when uh, they had a role, because when you join a company, they need to have a role, right? So they say, you know what? Uh, Westpac is our client. They have a big uh, role there in Sydney. Would you like to move? So I said, ah, no, that's fine because I'm, I'm flexible with that. Um, and uh, yeah, I was an immigrant anyways, right? So I'm like, okay, Sydney is bigger. Uh, but So I said, move. Okay, I'll move it. So since then, you moved into Sydney. Uh, what happened from there? We got married and moved to Sydney. And uh, I think in 2010, what happened is uh, I met someone on the train and uh, they talked about, oh, Sanjeev, what you do? And uh, they, I said, oh, I'm in IT. This, they really talked uh, highly about me. Oh, you're in IT job. You must be smart and good. And they said, you know what? We, we do have an event where we look for like-minded people. 
and why don't you come to meet us? And uh, that time, because my wife had moved uh, and I was new to Sydney, I was looking for more networking people so that I can see and just collaborate with more people, right? And I was very open. So I went to that event. I think it was on a Monday evening. And I went there and they're talking about financial freedom and they're talking about like how we should work for something like a passive income. Uh, and they were talking about like, you know what, job is good, but it is one of the, the wrong strategy to make money because you're trading your time for money and, and so forth. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I heard about those things at the first time actually. And that time I was close to 30, I think 29, 30 years. And I said, okay. And uh, really showed me, I was, and I spoke to my wife and like, she says, I think these guys were like from Amway. If you know Amway, like, like a multi. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, and they said, do you like to sign up? And uh, so I said, okay, let's get it started. <laughs> and so I, I remember I bought for around $400 of worth of product uh, because you buy product and that's what you see. And uh, that's where first time in my life, I, I read something. Uh, I started buying books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, How to uh, Think and Grow Rich, How to Win, those books, right? First time. So uh, I started buying like $15, $20 books. And that's where uh, I was like, oh my God, there's a different world. Because I thought like get good education, work hard, and job is the only way to make money. And then once you're really good in the job, you have money, then you may go and open your business. And I was always thinking like business is someone who has got really good amount of money. And that's what you start either a small business or a big business. Even though I was coming from a business background, right? My parents had a business back in Ranchi, but it was more a traditional business, right? Where you go open the shop every day, you make some money. And if you don't go, you don't make money, right? So that's opened my mind in 2010. And uh, I've fully gone aggressive in that for one year where I learned so much about things and uh, I started talking to people. And then somehow I said, oh, it is something not for me because then I'm relying on other people to go and influence them and grow my business. We find out more about the short time after Saad decided to change his career course in another direction. I realized that even though it's good, it was not something I was liking. Uh, and that was my turning moment. But then I didn't stop at that point. And that was my turning point because before that, I always used to ask questions like, okay, how the rich people, the wealthy people, like they have all big car, big lifestyle, big houses and all the money and the time also. And why I'm like, after so much good education and such a good job, why I'm not having those things and I can't see. Because when I look at the leadership in my company, like they're time poor, even they have decent amount of income. So that was not inspiring me. But when I went to Amway, I thought, oh, that's like my turning point. So that's that's where it is all about talking about the passive income and creating that another stream of income. And uh, I did that for one year and quit there. And I said, okay, what I can do? And that's where for another one, two years, I was like looking for opportunity, was not sure where. In the meantime, what was happening is I was buying property in India. I bought my first property back in India in 2000. 15 itself before coming to Australia. Once it, I got into the job, sorry, it was in 2016, I bought my first property and I came to Australia in 2017. So in between, I was what I was doing is I was paid off my first residential property in India. And then I bought another property in 2011, a commercial property in India. Yeah, because I was in Australia making good income. My wife also got a job and we were saving money. 
and I was buying commercial. And then I bought another commercial. And that also I paid off by 2013, actually. Coming up after the break, we'll delve further into Sanjeev Sar's property journey and hear an amazing joint venture story. I'll buy something, a smaller land, and I'll do a, maybe do a joint venture with someone. How education was able to help him when buying property. I buy a property and apply multiple strategies, right? So that I have a less risk. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Sham, and you're listening to Property Investory. Working in Australia on a good income was advantageous for Saar as he was able to pay off his properties back in India at a faster rate. I was doing that because when I was living in Sydney in rental in Parameta, when I look at the market, I say, oh, you buy for like 600, the rent is 400, why the hell you will invest? And that, that's why I was not buying. And that's why like it's what you don't know is you don't know, right? I was not investing here. And in parallel, what was happening is I was doing good in job, but then I got introduced to the MV and that's where I started very hard push and then now if passive income is the way having another stream, what are the opportunities, what are the way people are making it happen for them uh, other than MV, right? And then I was like asking those questions but not understanding. I was not knowing what was the way, like even the people are talking like you go to the event, you need to have a mentor but where do you find a mentor and what, what I need? So it's like a lot of puzzle even I know. Then one of my friends contacted me and then, and it was through the MV conversation where he also did in India. And then what happened, he said, Sanjeev, you are good in technology, I'm in good technology. We both have a strong desire to make another stream of income. Why don't we build a software? So I said, that's good because I was really good techie. And then we opened that also. <laughs> and then I was in a consulting, so I was traveling like, Sometimes I'll travel to like Queensland, Melbourne for the projects and I might be living for four, five months, six months there in the hotel and then weekend I'll be flying back. So while you're getting distracted, having the corporate parties and all those things, in between the focus was losing, right? And um, that also I did for close to more than a year with my friend. Sal's parents played a major role in his life and he tells us the story of when they came to visit him and his wife and what happened next. She was continuously staying with me uh, because she had a local job, right? Uh, so she was she was also growing because she came as a fresher from she didn't had a work experience, very little work experience in India. So she was also like growing in her job and you know, building her put I mean, profile, right? Post then what happened is like that also I was doing then lose the interest and that time my parents came to Australia. It was 2030 and first time they came to see us, right? And um, I asked them, like, how do you like Australia as a country? And they say, it is really a good country. And I said, what do you think we should settle here? Should we have kids here and settle down here? And they said, definitely, you should have kids settle down. Even you should buy a property, buy your home because you have got a decent income. Why are you renting? And I said, no, that, that's where uh, we just checking with you. And they said, you know what, settle here. But then I saw some pain in their eyes, right? And that was that. Even you settle here, make sure that you try to come often to our country and see us, right? And um, that that really struck me and I said, okay, no problem. And I bought my first property uh, in 2000, 
uh, I think 14, we bought the property where it was a house land package, which we got in 2015, right? And that's where I saw that the prices were going up. And then what happened is I bought a unit also in the place where I'm living uh, because I was knowing the area. So I said, you know what? I'll buy off the plan unit. And uh, it was the first release and so forth. And uh, I used credit card balance transfer and all. And I bought even though I didn't have the money. And what happened is that time when I bought the off the plan unit, after six months, that price I bought for 350 and the price went and the same unit was worth 420 after six months. That was the boom period. So you timed everything quite well. You know, that was good timing for you. A little bit luck, but at the same time, I was hungry from last four or five years, right? Asking, looking for the my answer to the passive income. And that's where I said, oh my God, my house price is going up. The unit I bought, I don't know what happened because I didn't know what's happening because later on, I knew that I bought in the first release of a very big development where now four or five towers are going to come and they're doing um, selling it for um, building their pre-sales, right? Uh, for the bank uh, to take the loan, right? And that's where, and they were testing the market. So, and that's where I said, you know what? Property is my thing, I realized. And and people talk about property wealth and all those things. And it's like collectively, uh, it boosted me. And that's where I thought, oh, where I can get the education because I can see that 70,000 is on the paper, right? Even I can't take it, right? And the property is not settled because it would have settled up two years. And that's where uh, I started looking, I started talking to people who had got a couple of properties and they say, you know what, go to the property events, but don't buy education because everyone is selling the education. Just get the free information. I think that's enough. I said, okay, that's good because this is coming from people who has got four or five properties, right? So just to understand and and just sort of unpack it. So basically around about that 2014, 2015, you started your first investment journey or your property journey, I guess you say, because you bought your home, which was a house and land package plus an off-the-plan unit as well too, which is two properties as you can say and you can say they're pretty much investment properties as well too because they've grown up in, in value. And then at the same time, you said uh, people have said to you, just go and get some education but don't buy any of the education, just learn from them. And that's kind of around about now 2016, is that right? Or 2015? That's where we, in 2015, we moved, up, moved to our house and my wife was also due so in, uh, towards the end of 2015. We were expecting our uh, first baby actually. That time, actually, I said, okay, that's good. Then I went to, I was looking on the Facebook and all, and that's where uh, I found Divna Vault from the Isle of Real Estate community. And uh, she was promoting one day free event. And I said, oh, that's a good one. Maybe I'll go and get some free education, right? And I went there and uh, literally in half day, I was sold actually, because she was talking about a lot of the strategy and what is involved, the accounting, and uh, the, there's so much value out of it, right? And I was sold in half day and um, pretty much I bought 12,000 of education on that day. Property provides you with so many opportunities and if you take that time to learn from others, investing in property can really change your life. There were like 5,000 plan and 10,000 plan and like I said, you know what, I'll buy the 12,000 but because I didn't have the money, I had to pay on the credit card so it was like for two years, I'll be paying $500 every month. And I said, you know what, if she's wrong, I'll think that I haven't got no increment at my job for one year or, or I have not got the bonus, right? I was finding way because I, I had not invested much, right? I had bought, bought a couple of books beforehand, but was that's all about me, right? 
and I bought it. I spoke to my wife, and she she was also open because she also understand the MVA and all those things, and she supported. It. She said, "Yo, if you think if it is all good, then let's do it." Because we had thirty days to cancel that, right? And after two months, I think uh, it was in two thousand fifteen. I think in August I joined, and then after two months I went to a boot camp, and uh, I was like a uh, small baby, learning everything because everything was new to me, right? Even though I had bought two properties, but that was just paper, signing paperwork, right? And that's where I learned about how to talk to the council, how to talk to the real estate, everything like the mindset around the property. And even you don't have money, you can still go ahead. And it's what was a mindset game, right? And that was my huge turning point because that's what I understood from Mway. And and this is where okay, so it is not about the money because. When I was young, little younger, I was thinking, "Oh, maybe it's you have if you have a lot of money, then that's what you open a big business, right?" And so forth. So it was all clarifying those things, right? And then it was 2015. Um, so it was in October. I think I completed a three-day boot camp, and that's where I started going because he taught me that it is property investing is a number game, and you look at what is your number and what is your serviceability limit, and that's where You go and find those opportunity because no point waiting for the money because it's not going to come right. And that time I looked at my pocket and by the time I like took out some serviceability from my own PPR, which is one my own house. So I had all is like twenty thousand dollars and a serviceability of around two hundred k. So I said, you know what, I'll go with that and find the deals. And I started going around hundred kilometer away from Sydney. That time you could have found those properties. And I started learning about those and see really the opportunities are there actually, and I was like so pumped up. And and then what happened is initially it took me like two three months because you get education, but then there's a lot to learn by doing things because I was not sure what to ask the questions. <laughs> Even though I'm like educated, but then what do you ask? And if you call the council, whom do you talk? Right. So there's a huge learning curve. Understanding, so I started paying the the consultants so that I can grab more education, ask the right questions, and learn from them. We continue to dive into Sas's property investing journey as we learn about some of the deals he has made and what he is able to learn along the way from making these deals. So I invest some money there, and I looked around maybe hundred properties or hundred contracts. And that's what happened. Like, and there were a couple of good properties, and others had problem. But I learned everything. Like, what is good and what is bad. Why one thing is worth. And uh, I was missing a lot of opportunities also because I will take more time to understand and really understand the opportunity. And um, by the time my we had a baby, so what happened is my wife was a contractor at that time. So then that two hundred k serviceability also becomes zero. So I was left with twenty thousand cash. But I said, you know what? I've spent like three months time on the road in the council area where I'm going and everything, and it was in Lithgow area, so it was like not far from Sydney. That's where I said, you know what? Now I have the education, and and uh, Devna says like even you have no money, you can do the deals, and I was really passionate. So I said, you know what? I'll buy something a smaller land, and I'll do a maybe do a joint venture with someone. So I started getting the confidence and the energy, and that's where I did my first deal. Pretty much, and after six months of doing the boot camp, and it was I bought a land for eighty-five thousand dollars, where I could have subdivided the land and made maybe twenty thousand dollars or something like that. But my whole goal was that 
to do the deal to prove myself that I can do without having money because I can attract a joint venture or friend, right? And I can do a subdivision and learn the process because when I did the bootcamp, my whole philosophy was like, people are doing in three years, four years, five years, seven years. If these people can do it, I can do too. And let's set a goal. And I set a goal that in next five years, I want to be in a position where I should be able to quit my job. How it's going to happen, I don't know, but I will go and implement. I didn't have all the answers, right? And that's where in 16, uh, I bought this property with uh, with one of my friends at a, uh, at a workplace. And he said, you know what? I have got the cash and you can put in whatever you have. And we we bought the land for 85,000. It was a 1,200 square meter. And we were able to subdivide very cheap because it has subdivision in the past. And we all had to do is one, um, reinitiate the older. Saar talks to us about the process of going through the local councils to get his subdivision approved. And because it was a splitter block, it happened a lot quicker than most. So you have to go to the council and, and you have to go to the title office, right? So when I look at the contract, because I've become so expert in that area, right? So when I look, I said, if it was subdivided, why people are selling? Then I saw like, see, sometimes things happen. If the opportunity is there, you just buy them, right? And that's why I said, you know what? If that is true, then I'm going to make more money. But even though I have to subdivide, then still I'm going to make some money. It's not going to be huge. But at least I will learn the process and I can prove myself that I can do it. And that's what I'm doing, right? And I spoke, took three quotes and all those stuff. I got bigger quotes and all. And people say, you know what? As usual process, they will do. But then one local guy, he literally told we can reinitiate. And if that happens, then it will be done for like pretty much for $2,000, right? Because then you just have to work with the title office and the council, and that's what happened. And in one year time, like the, with the holding cost, the stamp duty, it cost us a total of 100K. And after the subdivision, it was worth 150K. And then one piece of land, it belongs to my joint venture who sold for, for 25,000. And another piece was like mine, which I kept it. And I said, once my wife goes back to work, then I'll build a house with granny there. That gave me the full confidence that it really works, what I have been learned and, and you have to take action, understand and trust yourself, the mentor and follow the process. And I think that changed my whole perception and I went gone, gone crazy. So after that, uh, I said, yeah, okay, so subdivision works. Learning about different strategies that you can apply to your purchases is a fantastic way to make money even if you don't have a lot to spend. And then by the time eight, nine months happened, my wife has started going back to work and then what happened is that we bought another property further down in Bathurst and I said, you know what, this time I'm going to apply all the strategies. I'll buy a property, I will renovate it and then I'll convert into a cash cow. Uh, maybe run Airbnb or room by room rent uh, and try those things. So what happened is when the subdivision happening in between, because I got so much confidence, so I said this time I can't, I didn't have the serviceability. So let's look into other education also. So I said, okay, I'll go to Sherry Barber, run about the renovation, learn about the renovation. Then I joined Ian Dugarte also and then learn about all the cash flow strategies. And then, of course, after that, I joined a lot of property development course, Bob Anderson, Jason and Amy, uh, even in commercial, Helen Tarrant. I spent 12000 It changed my life, right? ROI is very high, right? 
and then i knew that okay now this is this is the way to go and and i said because i have set goal for 5 year i thought okay what it would be really good that if i buy one property because i didn't had a lot of cash right it would be really good that i buy a property and apply multiple strategies right so that i have a less risk because something happens right something delayed by the development application or say something happens right because i was a low risk profile guy and i said you know what i don't have time and i want to mitigate my risk pretty much right so i'll apply multiple strategies and that's where i bought in bathurst for 300k actually 299k in the heart of in the peak of the market in 2017 where i didn't negotiate a single dollar but i was knowing that it is a good opportunity and bought it in the center of the town four bedroom house did a good renovation spent around $50,000 on that you know what now it is renting for 450 per week did you have to go there and do the renovation or did you get trades people to help you all the trade people were doing it but still i had to go and manage because you have to manage the trades again the mindset was to learn the process so that because my goal was that i want to go full time in the property world that means i need to really learn and do and understand the strategy you can't just say okay i'll just give to a project manager or someone because my intention was different right how long did that project take to complete so it took me uh 2 months again um the credit go to sherry barber <laughs> because as such a good process right and the mindset around my risk and everything so i said generally now i can do the same project in 5 weeks of course i was full time job so i had to manage everything first project is always go but i think good thing was like my trader was saying like you're like so professional and uh, like i had put so much scope of work so much clear it was like and of course i saved money and i think when i look back i of course learned a couple of lessons but it went really well actually and it was just because of the education and taking action So, inspired by Sanjeev Sar's journey and his amazing story, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode of Property Investory where we'll discuss his strategy, how can I add more value and has to be a positive cash flow property and once I've done this deal right, will it give me enough equity to go and buy the next property? The personal habits which have been contributing to his success. I talk to all my clients also and my social media message also that Before you invest in anything, uh, either property or any business, get educated. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory.